All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello. 
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you for now by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Good folks over there. Be they'll, sure. They'll get a big shout out later, too. Satyar Shah going to join us at yes. uh, 1.15. Satyar Shah. I'll rip a pack. I'll rip a pack. Right now or when no. Sat's on? Uh, Maybe right now is best. Do it right now. Okay, you do your thing. You go ahead. Uh, Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. Check them out on all platforms. Promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, is the one you're going to want to use uh, over there at Zephyr Epic. Check them out on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you. My name's Dave Grigelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, as he opens a pack wearing a, is that a George Springer jersey or an Alec Manoa jersey? No, this is uh, this is my Vladimir Guerrero jersey. Oh, Junior. very nice. Uh, baby blue uh, Blue Jays jersey. Yeah, Have you yeah. watched any spring training or anything? No, just some highlights here and there. I on, like the uh, pickup of Kiermaier. I think that's a good pickup. Yeah. Okay, you keep talking. Let me see my pack here. Let me see if I got yeah. anything. For okay, well, he's opening the pack, so go ahead. Open it up. I got nothing else to say. I'm wanting to talk hockey and baseball. And for the podcast listeners, wow, that's an interesting card. Planet Metal. That's an interesting looking card. This card looks like one of the desserts I had on the weekend here. Same shape. It's uh, what's that? I haven't uh, been in school for at least a year. What's it called? The protractor? Is that what it is? This is a uh, planet metal of the uh, metal uh, set. Pretty cool looking card. Little round one. Little round uh, hockey card. Yeah. Cool. Great for the podcast listeners. Well, listen I said, to. yeah, it's a round card. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> no, I know. Patty Kane. Okay. That, that's the cool card, right? You're done. Yeah, that's it. Okay. No Canucks or anything right. in there. Let's move right into it then, Chris. Oh, Let's no, hold talk. on a quick second here. You saw this on the weekend, didn't you? This uh, AI radio taking over podcasts, taking over YouTube, taking over our jobs. These folks over here in the AI radio. Did you see this? Yeah, I was one of the our buddy, Our buddy Seaborn's talking about this. What do you think of the whole situation? Well, do we have the tweet, Alex? Yeah, let's see the, let's have see the, tweet? the tweet here. What's going on? Because apparently our job, we're going to be useless in a couple of years with this AI stuff coming in. They're going to be able to do our whole show. You can read this tweet here from Adam Seaborn, our buddy. It's Seaborn's a good dude. Listen to the show. I know uh, he loves the show over here. Big fan of the show. Okay, okay. This radio so GPT So what he tweeted thing. is AI is coming to radio. Rogers Sports and Media, of course, are testing radio GPT to help program an undisclosed number of stations in Canada. Oh. Something tells me... That's coming to Vancouver. Yep. Radio GPT scans the web for news stories and AI voices will create and read a script on air. We've played with this chat thing. It freaks me the hell out. Okay, now now here's the thing. In all seriousness, because this is this is what I would say if there's anyone in radio school like we were just a couple years ago, you know, wondering, oh, geez, what does this mean for me? Because look, this is a lot of people's jobs. Like this oh, is yeah. a lot of what we learned how to do this in school. Look, uh, you know, check the check the web. Make a script and perform it. It's a process that takes about an hour or two, mm -hmm. and it's some people's only job. Like, that is their job. That is what a lot of people in a newsroom on the radio do. And a lot of people out there are probably worried about and, and thinking, like, wow, okay, well, my job's about to become obsolete. Oh. If you're a young person, or not even young, anybody in radio school, and anybody, and I'm not trying to call anybody out, if anybody who's been in the industry for a long time, tells you that you need to do things a certain way and you need to do things their way, you push back. Like, and what I mean is, if somebody tells you not to add your own flavor or not to be yourself, right, and, and just, just stick to the script, make a script that, that's normal, blah, 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 all this stuff, obviously it's dependent on what your job is, right? Sure. But we've gotten it sometimes. We've gotten it from people being like, I don't like how you guys do things. Tough, tough crap. Caught myself there. Seriously, like... Look what's happening here. And I'm not going to get into this too much, but 
you 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 just see it, and it's disheartening. It's disheartening for the well, industry. The if you're just looking for news, I can see this thing being. You know, this could be something that takes away some people's jobs because yeah, it's, if you're just giving out the news, but I tell you what. If you're talking sports, if you're doing that stuff, I don't think this AI thing can uh, copy what uh, what personality can bring. That's uh, what I think. Not yet, it can't. But but here's the point, thing: in general, point. in general, with this technology and everything, the thing is, is some people say like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, someone still has to run that software or whatever." That's great, but someone still has to run the funny station oh, over at 10:40, right? Point. Think of how much money Bell Media is saving by converting 1040, TSN 1040. <laughs> To the funny station now. Like, that's why they did it. It's not because we think the funny station's really going to be a hit in Vancouver. Mm-mm. Saves them a crap ton of money. They can literally have someone remotely in wherever running that station. Wichita. They, sure, wherever. They, they can have anyone anywhere running that station. They don't need boots on the ground. They don't need... Um, you know, they don't need to go to BCIT to go get a student. They don't need it. There's a comment right there. Jaron Jeske says, no AI, no AI can watch the amount of games Faber does. The man is relentless. Bang on. I'd like to see that the AI is not waking up early like I am to watch the Swedish games. Good luck with that. The AI sleeps in. I don't know. Do you what's hear yourself? Here. AI doesn't sleep. Neither do I, bud. <laughs> okay. Let's don't worry about And plus, you tell me the AI. Remember the, remember the Philip Johansson double-cheeked up? You tell me the AI is going to come up with that crap? Yeah, right. It might by accident. It'll be a software malfunction. Yeah, yeah well, maybe. Because maybe they, that's here's the, that's the, worry, the worrisome thing about AI. We'll get to hockey in a second. The worrisome thing about AI is like they can learn stuff off the interweb, right? All the information, all that stuff, everything that you learn. What, when the, what happens when they start watching this show? That's, what, that's that's the worrisome part because then they do get some. Uh, here's, here's here's what I'm curious about, Chris. Yeah, I don't like it. How far away? Because you've seen, look, you've seen it all over TikTok everywhere. These presidents' voiceovers, I've right? I robot back in the day. Look, that's a uh, how how long? How many years away are we from someone that listens to or whoever being able to create bot Faber and bot quads oh. that have the exact same dynamic we do without any of the traveling, without yep. any of the platforming fees. Mm-hmm. Bot Faber and Bot Quadrilla. I'm working on it now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, watch it. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> you too, Alex. Well, You're I was gonna say, no, I was going to say, you know who they can't replace? Alex Lard. That's true. Does who I didn't mention off the top. My apologies. Alex Lard is our technical producer. Obviously, man who built the place, Chris Faber, David Quadrelli alongside him. One more okay. shout out. we got a listener. Sonny from Prince George. You know Prince George? Big. I think it's a top five city. I know that Prince George gets a, a yes. few shout-outs on the show. One of the top five cities that listens to this show in the podcast for it. Prince George's uh, Canucks combo is big in PG. Mm. PG's got that big, uh, what's the guy? The guy standing, the big statue thing standing up. You know what I'm talking about. Forget about it. Somebody in PG knows. Uh, but shout-out to Sonny from Hub City uh, Volkswagen uh, checking in. Yeah, shout-out to Sonny. Uh, Bryce said in the chat, is this a challenge? The bot favor and bot quad. So maybe that technology's already there and we just don't know about it. Okay, enough. We, we spent way too much time here. We came in here well, saying, Lachlan's oh, we don't even have enough time there. for a show. We have to, you know... Get going here. Uh, Lachlan jumped in the chat and said, Faybot and Quadroidy. There it is right there. Okay. Satyar Shah joining us in uh, seven minutes. Yeah, we've, we've like spent the first eight minutes talking about nonsense. Okay, uh, let's talk. Vasily Kravtsov, that trade coming go. down on Saturday. The Vancouver Canucks sending Will Lockwood and a 2026 seventh round pick in return for Kravtsov. Pennies on the dollar. I think it's hilarious. A 2026 seventh round pick is the definition of like, an extremely upgraded future considerations. Like that is like the best thing that future considerations can turn into. Uh, but yeah, 23 year old Russian coming in here. Listen, ninth overall pick in 2018. You like that? Dan Milstein client. 
No surprise there. He's coming to Vancouver. Uh, but Kravstov has not had a great run so far with uh, with the Rangers this season. Probably pretty much his whole development time, right? Like he was loaned back to the SHL last season, I believe. KHL. KHL. Back to the KHL last year. Loaned. After a, lot of, getting, a lot of work going sure, into that word. I know, but he got a lot of, he got some time. He got some opportunity. They want to work on his development. One of these situations where things just haven't worked out. There's, there's clearly some talent there. Six foot three kid. We'll see. I don't know if he's going to live up to being the ninth overall pick in that draft. Picked, what, it was a couple picks after Quinn Hughes? But uh, not a great run to the start of the season for him. Only three goals and three assists up to this point. But for what the Canucks gave up here, listen, I love Will Lockwood, one of my favorite guys to deal with. Uh, you know, wished him uh, good luck as he heads off to New York here. But, you know, Kravstov's coming in here. This is a good opportunity for a guy who needed some more minutes, needed an opportunity. And the Canucks, man, the patience here to get this player on pennies on the dollar. Like, you talk about, you know, what is he, uh, getting the dollar at 50 cents or something like that? This is getting him at, you know, five, ten cents on the dollar. That's pretty damn good. You're getting a, an opportunity here for a player. It's another winger. I get that. It's not, to me, it's not a piece that just, like, moves the needle so much on the Canucks' future. But it at least has potential to do that. It has more potential than Will Lockwood. As much as I love the guy, I think you have more potential here with Kraftstoff. Undoubtedly. I mean, and yeah, you, you, got a, you got a piece here for nothing. You brought anyways. up you brought up the patience, right? And that's mm. something I want to focus on because multiple people have confirmed it. I think Dollywall even even pointed it out, but like we know it to be true. With Niels Huglander, that's the piece that teams keep calling about, right? Like with Ethan Bear, the Carolina Hurricanes really wanted Niels Huglander in the Ethan Bear trade. Canucks stood pat. Like we heard about Ethan Bear connected to the Canucks in June or July. That's how long these teams had been talking about it. Doesn't happen until uh, what October twenty eighth was the day of that trade, I think. I, I don't know how I know that. Off Around there, yeah. I think that's the day. I don't know why I think that. But um, October 28th, that was the day I believe that that trade came down. Yeah. And, you know, it's Lane Peterson along with Bear for a fifth-round pick. So, again, you're not spending much to get a player that you really like and that you yeah, think Ethan, is going to be here for a while. Well, think about it. You get Ethan Bear. You hope that he can be a guy that uh, can help you down the road. You get uh, Kravstov as well. What are you giving and up? It a was fifth the and, a same, and my point here, Chris, is that it was the same principle with Kravstov. Like, that Drance and Dollywall and Sad as well, a lot of people reported that the Canucks were talking Kravtsov with the Rangers ahead of last year's trade deadline. Now, I think mm-hmm. most of that was in relation to JT Miller trade talks, where obviously he would have been a throw-in, that sort of stuff. But the Canucks have liked this player for a while. It's not something new that the Canucks all of a sudden targeted this player and said, okay, we'll take him. The Canucks oh, have liked exactly. Kravtsov for a while, but they liked a player, and they didn't jump the gun and give up a second-round pick or whatever. For the player, and that's something that hey, this past last management regime, that was one of their major faults. Was mm. holy cow, we really like Marcus Granlin, we really like Lyndon Vay, we really like Lucas Spiza. Let's make him a key focal point of the Ryan Kessler trade, or what have you, right? Like all of these guys that you know they thought could be more, and they paid as if they thought that what they thought they could be was what they for sure would become. Gee, you know who would have said that better in AI? Uh, and but, Jim Benning. Yeah, oh, no, actually, anyways. Uh, <laughs> nope, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but uh, just to speak to that point, I mean, the patience is obviously paying off in the situation. Watch what they've done. It'd be interesting to see how much patience is, you know, how much of these long play things are the Canucks doing for the future, right? Like, I know the, the conversation's been had a little bit about the JT Miller situation even of just like, hey, there's the free agents market's not going to be that big this summer. Canucks have until July 1st before his uh, no trade kicks in. Could be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but 
Craftsaw, he's going to play tonight. We got this. Uh, let's pull up the Murph tweet here on uh, on Craftsaw. Looks like he's going to hop into the lineup uh, tonight. Asked him today if he was going to play. He said uh, it's up to the coach. But as Murph is tweeting out, Dan Murphy, Sportsnet Murph, uh, he says uh, he believes he, that Kravtsov will play with Besser and Stud Nika because I think that's the other thing we should quickly touch on here. JT Miller out week to week. Yes. Uh, we didn't Unless, even talk sorry, about did that. Did you want to wrap anything up with Kravtsov here? Are you okay? No. Because uh, I think we, I want to see him play in a Canucks jersey exactly. before we really do anything. Like I, I didn't go back and look at all 26 of his uh, Rangers games. Just didn't have time uh, over the weekend here. But Miller, let's get to that. Miller's going to be out week to week, it sounds like, with a lower body injury. Tough loss for the Canucks' is, uh, center depth, that's for sure, because now what do you have after Pedersen? Who's 2C? Seriously, who's 2C now that Pedersen's gone? Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu, you think, is going to get the 2C? Well, I mean, it looks like Studnika. Sheldon Dries? looks like Studnika might be Big that Big Jack Stud? Yeah, that's a good one. Or is it Sheldon Dries? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Man. They're a little thin is what you're getting at. Hey, we got a whole thing about Tank later on in the episode. We'll get to that <laughs> a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the center depth takes a huge hit here, obviously, with JT Miller going out. Uh, but uh, Team Tank, load it up, baby. They love that stuff over there at Team Tank. Uh, but the Miller thing, any... Uh, any question in your mind about a week-to-week injury here? No. I, f- I found it interesting that it was week-to-week, not day-to-day. That makes you say, okay, there's no, no, uh, we're holding them out for trade thing. I don't think they'd say week-to-week. Well, here's the thing. is So what we know, right? Yesterday, the Athletic Shana Goldman reporting that yeah. his name has come up in trade trade talks uh, in recent days. Obviously, the Timo Meyer trade happens. We'll Shana's talk about it Shana's got a lot of good sources, too, man. Shana, yeah. You know, Shana uh, uh, had the return on the Meyer trade. I believe she was the first one to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had a bunch of other stuff as well. So she's not just making stuff up. No, but um, we heard Dollywall reporting that... Uh, Miller would be held out, but believed it was for injury-related reasons. Yep, uh, and that was all confirmed, obviously. Um, but again, it was injury reasons, and Miller's agent, Brian Bartlett, was the one who said it would be a week or so. And then you heard, um, and then you heard obviously, the Canucks say it's week to week. So uh, there goes all trade speculation. For now, he can still be traded uh, until July 1st. That's when the full no-move clause uh, comes in. Obviously, Luke Shen is the other topic to get to off the top here. We're, we're going to bring on Sat in just a minute here, but Luke Shen still not going into the lineup. Uh, as far as we know, still just kind of sitting around with the Canucks, waiting for the trade deadline on Friday. We don't know what's going to happen here with Luke Shen. Here's the thing. Uh, Friedman was on Donnie and Dolly today. I think he also mentioned this on the Merrick show. Uh, talked about how the Canucks thought they were really close, and he thinks that they might be a little frustrated with how things have gone, and we saw this with Boston, right? Boston was apparently in on Vladislav Gavrikov, and I think there was a report out there that Columbus actually thought that the deal was basically done. Like, mm. Columbus thought it was a done deal. Uh, and Boston pivots at the last minute, goes toward uh, Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway, who they acquired from the Washington Capitals. Correct. I wonder if something similar happened or is happening with Luke Shen, where... Boston may have been a contributor there in the Shen yeah. talks, and then Boston all of a sudden backed out. Uh, at, again, that can affect uh, that can affect prices in a lot of different ways. So, I don't know. Here's the question. Then, off the top of the episode here, we're talking patience is great. Patience is good. Sounds like I'm reading a Bible verse here. But uh, what I'm saying is, I mean, the patience has worked out well for the Canucks with the Ethan Bear trade with the with the Kraftsoft trade. Could patience end up biting them in the buck, butt here with uh, Luke Shen? Biting him in the buck. You heard it here first. Clip uh, it. <laughs> it might. Uh, let, let's get the thoughts of uh, Sportsnet 650's very own 
uh, Satyar Shah. First time on the YouTube channel, I think, here. Nope, Sat's been with us before. Just kidding. (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> I've always found being on with you boys. Yeah, making me laugh before coming on. Buck, hey? Bite you in the buck. Hey, <laughs> well, hey I used to produce your show. You've done worse, Sat. i've done far worse i've done far worse sat what i want to ask you about is just what we were talking about when faber dropped the bite the buck um with luke shen we we've seen the connection be patient right like we've seen them be patient with hugler and i don't know how much of our conversation Mm -hmm. you already heard but we were talking about how they were patient with the ethan bear trade they were patient with kratsov are they a little Mm -hmm. too patient perhaps with luke shen uh, I mean, it, it's hard to hard to know, right? Because it's easy to say in terms of if they had an offer on the table for a third round pick and said no to it, potentially, is that what you're hoping for at best now? And do you wish you had taken it? But judging by what Friedman said, the sense was they were fairly close on something and they thought that they were going to get something done and it didn't happen, right? And what do you do at that situation, right? Like you take the guy out of the lineup, you think you're pretty close on something for whatever reason it falls through and those things happen quite often. We even we see now with Gavrikov in Boston and Columbus, and Columbus is actually pretty pretty chafed at uh, at Boston because they thought they did have an agreement, and clearly that's not what happened. So sometimes that's how these things go. I will say, if you've ever come across hearing NHL trade conversations, they're very awkward. I've I've heard a couple, not with Vancouver, but they're very awkward. You think it's just like a normal conversation where you're just like, hey, I got this guy. You got this guy. Who do you want to move? There's, they play so coy. They're like, I might be willing to do something along these lines. I'm not saying I do this, but maybe this. Like, They're so wishy-washy in trade conversations. So I could see maybe how some people feel like they're close on something, but they end up not being close on it. Um, but that's going to be the big question. If, if they end up, say, settling for something below a third-round pick for – Luke Shen, I do think that'll be a situation where we can look back and say they certainly missed a window, but I'd still say with a week to go, Vancouver may still get their evaluation. 
It's going to be very interesting to watch how this plays out because, listen, they've kept him out of the lineup for quite a while now. Trade deadline's yeah. still up until Friday. Any chance he doesn't get moved Saturday, you think it's for sure that he's going to get traded before the deadline here, get a chance to go win a cup somewhere? I guess there's a possibility, right? I mean, we've seen these things happen before where, where a guy doesn't get moved. I'd still say it's overwhelmingly likely he does get moved. And I do believe that Vancouver has had the sense that, or has been had, has been getting the sense, and this is even from the player's side from what I understand, that a few dominoes have to fall before Luke Shen becomes the guy. Because we know Gabrikov is a player that some teams do like better than Luke Shen. Like, for instance, you hear, hear Edmonton, and Edmonton may have a level of interest in Luke Shen, but what they want is a puck-moving defenseman. Gabrikov is a, more of a puck-moving defenseman that can't play well defensively. You heard their interest in Eric Carlson. So where does Luke Shen rank in their pecking order? Probably a few spots down. So when there's more clarity on Gabrikov's situation, I do think we'll see some more movement here on Luke Shen because some teams will look at him as maybe their second or third choice, and then they'll come back and say, hey, here's a price we're we're willing to pay, which is most likely going to be in that third-round pick range, but we'll see if they can get a bit more than that. Brock Besser, are you expecting to see him moved ahead of the Friday deadline? No, I'm not. I mean, I guess anything is possible, right? And uh, you don't want to say nothing. He's not going to get moved. But I'd say, generally speaking, we hear this much talk from the player's side as in terms of his agent. And he's doing his job, right? We know Ben is trying to do his best to settle this and, and find a resolution. But when you see an agent be this uh, out front and talk about things, it means something's probably not close to trying to create a bit of a market. Mm-hmm. And given how hard it is to move money, I'm not expecting it to happen uh, for Brock Bester to get moved. I do think Vancouver wants value here still, right? And I think they look at it in two ways. If you're asking us to retain money on Brock Besser, we'll do that, but we want something for it. So just on retaining money, we want an asset because we feel like we're holding money back on the player. And we also want an asset for the player. So if nobody's willing to do both those things or let, take all, all, all the money and give you a second round pick, for instance, I just don't see that happening now. Because at the in the offseason, when you look at the free agent class, I think it's more likely, perhaps, if somebody looks at Besser and says, heck, it's only two years. There are no free agents out there. Let's just you know, flip a third or a second and try to make this happen. And unless Vancouver gets value, I don't see them forcing a Besser trade. Now, we've seen the trades in the past, I don't know, 48 hours. We've seen everybody in the East loading up. We still haven't seen yeah. the Carolina Hurricanes make a move. Do you think as the deadline gets closer, they'll be a little bit more desperate maybe to make a move for a winger? They might. Uh, they might get a bit more desperate. And for them, that's a situation where I could look at the, I could see them just say it's a second round pick. And they actually have a couple seconds next year. I think they have the Flyers second round pick next season. So they may just look at it and say, hey, we'll just give you the pick you want. We'll bite the bullet. It'll work out. And that could be a situation where they look at it and say it's a buy low for us. It fits in with their MO as well for Carolina. I still look at that being unlikely. I can. I think Carolina may end up solving their situation finding something without having to take on term right now, the trade deadline JVR is still out there and they've had relations. They've traded with Chicago with uh, Philly in the past. Do they just look at something like that as a rental and say a bit cheaper that we don't have money on our books and we can reevaluate in the off season. So I think they still have options like JVR on the market, but yeah, I think that's the type of team you'd look at and say JVR is off the market. They don't have a good rental to look at. And they just look at it and say, we'll just take a second. We'll just give you a second and, and make this deal now. 
Sat, the overall direction right now of the Canucks organization, we've seen a couple of players be brought in that are young, and they're like young 20s. We've seen now a first-round pick come into here. We see the new coach in place. What are your thoughts about just the future of the Canucks, whether it not just be next season, but it feels like a long-term thing is starting to come together here. It, it feels at least that the moves are going in the direction of like, hey, next year, I don't think they're going to be competitive. But the year after that, that's when we really start yeah. to ramp up. Where do you think they're going right now in the next two to three years? Because we've heard retool. That's kind of what it sounds like they're going for. Uh, just where are you at with how this team is moving and kind of making moves in the direction towards a retool right now? I've probably been more uh, optimistic than most in terms of just general what management has been trying to do. I know they haven't been six successful in doing it because I do believe the standard that we might be judging them on in terms of not doing a scorched earth rebuild is a standard that nobody's ever done, right? Like when we talk about rebuilds and the ones that have happened outside of Pittsburgh, and we know what their situation was like almost being insolvent before lucking into uh, Malkin and then obviously getting Sidney Crosby. But outside of that, even Toronto held on to a number of players in their rebuild, right? Like even New York went out and got Zibanej out in a trade. They went out and signed Panarin not too long after writing the letter about rebuilding. They still held on to a number of key players. And for instance, like Chris Kreider, right? And so I'd say there is no rebuild that necessitates you have to trade Pedersen and Hughes. So I think in terms of doing, keeping those guys and trying to do the things around them, I do believe they've been, they've wanted to do more than they've been able to. And the reason a lot of people are critical is a JT Miller extension, because that's when you look at it and say, hey, why would you commit to him? You could have moved both guys, and now you have a ton of cap space. And to some degree, that's fair. But I do think in it, there is a world where you look at it and say, if we're trying to be better in two years, we kind of need to have two centers, right? Or at least somebody else that can play a center in our top six. And we kind of need to have a cornerstone defenseman, and we need to have a goaltender. You have to figure out who your uh, second center was going to be. Was it going to be Bull Horvat or JT? But you couldn't bring both back and trade the other guy. Right now, I know the JT contract doesn't look good. But if you play your cards right and he actually bounces back next season and plays really well and can hold you over until somebody else is ready to play second line center and you get back to being a contender, I think it can make sense. And to your point, Chris, I do think the moves they're making, you see the Bull Horvat trade, willing to maybe punt on next season and take on some assets. I think a lot of that is the types of moves we've been wanting to see a team make. And if they have their way, I do think a lot more is going to happen to this roster. Wanted to ask you about uh, Atu Ratu and the, like, it's funny. I, I've heard some of your pregames and postgames. I haven't heard a lot of people texting in about him. Like, uh, I'm curious. It's been a yeah. quiet kind of run for him here with the NHL team. Uh, what are you seeing in the, in the 650 inbox? What are you seeing on the ice? What do you think of the early returns of Ratu in the NHL right now? Yeah, I think it has been quiet. I mean, I think the Canucks winning um, and then the whole Boston game had a lot of fans just being upset about the two points. And then, um, you know, Allmark getting a goal ended up being the big story in the Kravtsov deal before that. So you're right. Ratu's kind of flown under the radar. Some of the reaction, though, the thing that people have been talking about mostly is the skating. And I think that's the most obvious thing. Clearly, his skating does need improvement. And it's a small sample, but... I think it's also very clear he's a smart hockey player, right? Like we see his offense we see his sense in the offensive end. We see his sense defensively. He takes the right angles, generally speaking. Um, I think he's willing to get involved and, and be engaged um, physically when need be. I, we haven't seen his shot. That's the one thing I want to see more. We know he has a good shot. Can we see him get that off a bit more? Because that's the thing that needs to also be showcased. Are you able to not only get that shot off, and have something on it, but create it for yourself at this level. And that's something that we need to see more from him. But just in terms of his intelligence, I think it's there. 
but for me, what's very uh, evident too is the, the time that he needs. I look at him as being as a guy that you probably need a two, three year plan for, and you say, okay, working your skating a lot this year, but you work on it to basically rebuild some aspects of it this year, and then next year you gotta you gotta add the other elements to it. So I look at him as being a guy that probably needs to play in Abbots for for most of next season, and then a year after that you probably look at it and say, all right. Now are you close enough to maybe make the team out of training camp, if not be a real recall option? So I'd say the fact he's playing right now is more out of the circumstance that Canucks find themselves in and rather than an indication of him being close. Because I think he needs a, probably a full season at least in the A still and another offseason or two of working on his skating. AHL is an interesting conversation as well. This is a very different look with not only the fact that they're not in Utica anymore, they're in Abbotsford, the new management group, the way they've yeah. been utilizing the AHL, even little things like sending Phil DiGiuseppe down. I know Riccio wasn't happy about it. Neither was quads, but uh, <laughs> it, it's fine. Yeah. I'm excited to see him back down there in Abbotsford. It's, you know, good for my brand. Uh, but just the way that they've been using this Abbotsford team, has it come as any bit of a surprise or did you kind of expect this hearing, you know, what they did in Pittsburgh before with the Rutherford and Alvin uh, combo over there and how they utilize the AHL too? like, man, it's, it's funny. It's, it's talked about like often, but it's like, man, like this guy that would just show up and start playing with Sidney Crosby on his wing because he had good time in the AHL. I don't think we've seen it to that degree, but like a little bit, we have like Lane Peterson coming in and playing with Pedersen and having some success. Maybe he's not the long-term yeah. fit, but is that what maybe they're doing with, you know, Niels Huglander or potentially Klimovich down the road. If you really get this guy to that level, he might be a player who can hop right in and play with Pedersen. Do you see that kind of being something yeah. in the AHL down the road? Yeah, I, I absolutely see that, Chris. And I think you've done a really good job of, of covering, you know, the Abbotsford team and, and the prospects, but also you're very in tune with how they're trying to play as a team and the job that Jeremy Colleton has done. And I think it's starting to show the importance of being on the same page when it comes to not only your head coach, maybe management, but also the head coach and how your AHL team is run in terms of the expectations, the standards, the systems being somewhat similar, but the non-negotiables, right? To say like, hey, these are things we got to do. And if we don't do them, we're not going to be successful. Until you master those things, you're not going to get to that next level. And I think that's what needs to happen because it's not a coincidence that Hoaglander, and, and I, I call Colleton his third coach, and I think he's taken strides. But I do think it's not a surprise that there's three coaches who coach in the NHL don't think he's quite ready to play in the NHL, right? Or like, I think Green threw him in. We know the circumstance and he played well, but you could tell towards the last year that, okay, he didn't take the steps he needed and it was hard for him to learn at the NHL level until he figures that stuff out. No NHL coach is going to trust him. So I think it's a big indicator of how much more work he has to do, but also the fact that they have the right coach in charge in, in, in Abbotsford. Because... I think he's the same type of coach talk it is, different personality, obviously. But if you have that alignment, I think that's going to help him go a long way. Heck, I saw Colton after a 6-2 loss. He sounded very similar to some of the things I've heard uh, from talking at the NHL level. Uh, Jeffro's got a great question here into the chat. I know you know Jeffro, Sat. Uh, Jeffro yeah, in, in our Jeffro. chat here uh, asking kind of about like Ratu and wanting to see him for more than seven minutes. I kind of want to expand that into a question here because – Listen, Quinn Hughes playing over 30 minutes a night, Pedersen over 25 minutes a night. Do you think they need to balance out the minutes a little bit here? Because are they leaning towards that situation where, yes, the coaching staff wants to develop and, and get his you know, get his plan kind of executed here with the team. You can't be leaning on these guys for 25 minutes, 30 minutes a night if you're going to kind of balance it out a little bit here. And does it help Team Tank to see, you know, Ratu get 14 minutes a night, Pod Colson play 17 minutes a night? Where do you think the ice time needs to go from here for the next little bit? 
Yeah, I do think they need to even it out. Like, I don't think it's sustainable to have Quinn playing 30 minutes a game. Um, but, hey, Ethan Bear is banged up. I mean, that whole defense uh, is essentially on just being stitched together with masking tape at this point. It's kind of hard, I guess, to keep Quinn from playing big minutes up front with JT out. I think you're forced to play Ratu and those guys more, right? It's You have to. I mean, Studnika, he's going to have to play center, see if he can figure it out. Drys is going to have to play more. Almond's going to have to play more, at least for the next couple of weeks. You have no choice but to give those guys more ice time. And I think that'll have to happen just by necessity. In general, though, I'm not a big fan of just giving these guys ice time. I think it's one thing to bring these guys up right now and give them, hey, give them a bit of a taste in terms of this is what the NHL looks like. But don't feed a guy ice time because he's here if he keeps making the same mistakes. I think it's important that you still have that pull and that tug and that professionalism that's required. And a player's not going to learn if he keeps making the same mistake and he keeps getting the same opportunity. Like th- that has to happen. So I think it's going to have to really depend on the players taking advantage of the, of the opportunity as well. Sat, good stuff as always, man. Thank you for joining us. Hey, pleasure. Always happy to be on with you guys. Absolutely. There he is, Satyar Shah, Sportsnet 650. Also catch him on the panel all the time. That's right. I saw a lot of comments in the chat here about uh, Sat's got... Nobody does the salt and pepper look better than Sat. Also, Sat gave props to your Abbotsford coverage. Sack gives props. I know what you're doing there, yeah. Do you? I know what you're up to there, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Satya right, Shaw brought to you uh, by Zephyr Epic. Oh, yep. Uh, promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S. That'll get you $5 off your order. Free shipping, Canada-wide, on any order over $50. They've got a retail location in Surrey, but feel free to go check them out online at ZephyrEpic.com. Lots of hockey cards out there, lots of hockey. You know, I haven't bought a Pokemon card in a long time. You should. Been a while. Okay, so here's the discussion around my wedding right now. Oh, boy. A lot of people, they just give you cash for the wedding, right? Yes. Like, that's a thing. Like, uh, you know, it's a whatever wedding gift or whatever. My wedding in October. Is it? We're thinking about doing the registry through. I don't understand. Like, do you just ask people? Like, you just ask people, like, hey, buy me this. It's on a registry. Don't register. Don't register. Well, but that's the thing because we would, there's a couple things we wouldn't mind. I would, I wouldn't mind putting a few of the Pokemon cards that I'm missing on the (laughs) registry. Hey, if I'm, you know, on the day of my wedding. Open up a couple of, uh, you know, things, blah, blah, blah. They get home from the whole madness that the few days is going to be there for the wedding. Come home and you got all the cards. You're opening it up, blah, blah, blah. Congratulations. Happy life. All this stuff. And then I pulled like a, a Venusaur in there. Okay. Are you kidding me? Okay. I would put, you know, nice you know little what? cherry on top of the whole weekend. I might have to get you a Pokemon card now. I've told a couple people, hey, here's I'll my list it. of cards that I'm missing. I'll do it. Sure. Okay. It's just an idea. Okay. Uh, moving right past that. You want to see this beautiful video I made for the... I do. We were going to talk... Uh, listen, tanking is going to be something that comes up here on the show quite a bit. And we're going to see it often, I think. I mean, look at the lineup the Canucks are going to put up again tonight. They just lost to the Boston Bruins. Nice job for the tank. Can we get this video up here? Alex, this is our new video for... Uh, we could turn it up too. Okay, I got some sound behind it. This is the new tank video. Oh, yeah. Oh, Beautiful. Those on the podcast, this is a video of a of a tank highlights. It is rolling through. It's a tank montage. Oh, I love it. I built this myself. You know, I spent all morning long. Alex, can we put this on Faber's green screen as we continue this conversation? Oh, I love that. Is that too. doable? See, we ask a lot of Alex Lard here on the YouTube. We show. do. I'm I gonna tell you this tank montage I put together with the right the music. Come on. Okay, I'm gonna turn it down now. All right, fair enough. Uh, Alex, can we get this behind Faber? I think that would be yeah, we'll amazing. See. So uh, let's get to um, 
we got a lot. We're asking Alex a lot to do here, but uh, the reverse standings as well. Yeah, uh, we can get to the Vancouver Canucks again, continuing to slide. Nice job, nice uh, job picking up zero points against the Boston Bruins. Hold on, I'll give you this for a second here while uh, Alex gets going with his stuff. Goalie goal? What'd you think? I know you're a goal. Are you a you're a goalie guy? But I didn't think you didn't go nuts for the goalie goal. I didn't see. I didn't see online. Hey, what do you want me to do? Well, I thought it was. I listen. Hey, man, I was. Uh, uh, you know, I was bummed out that that was one of the games that I had off, and I missed it. I, I you know, I missed a, a moment in history. You know, I don't like using Twitter. I know I was working. Like, I was working I doing know. the instant reaction. I I saw it happen live. I was going nuts. I said, "Damn!" The one of the two games I think I have off this year. Well, you're off on your yacht in Nanaimo. Okay, I'm not on no yacht on the weekend. I was staying at a at a spa. Very uh, yacht, same thing. Yeah, one of the nicest resorts, and that's where I was on the weekend there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm working away. No, in all no, seriousness, it no, was a no, great no. it was a great goal. It, it, again, I, just like it's one of the better goalie goals you'll see because like pressure, one goal game. Yes, best goalie so far this season. I saw a lot of people pointing out how that showed a really a, a huge amount of disrespect for this Canucks team. And we saw Shesterkin do it too Boom. earlier in the year, right? Yep. Like Shesterkin did the exact same thing. One goal game. Your goalies don't do that in one goal games. I, 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 again, I don't watch every single game that's being played in the NHL. Mm. I'd be curious to know if any other team has had a goalie attempt to shoot an empty net goal while they're down by one goal. I'd be one curious if the, if the Canucks are the only team to have it happen to them. And now they've had it happen twice. One of which resulted in an actual goal. All right. People are saying move on. We're going to puke. They don't want to hear about this anymore. Well, yeah, uh, I want to talk about the other goalie at the other end of the ice. Uh, Big Artie Seelovs. Yeah, hit the music. You know I want that music. That's right. Artie party time. It is. It's time for the Artie party. That was the best start of Archer Seelovs' career. And like the it. one thing that we've just seen with Seelovs, Chris, is with each start that he's made in his career, starting in that first game, uh, where everybody freaked out about, oh no, they're gonna Mikey Di Pietro him. How could they? How could they do this to Archer Silovs by putting him against the Rangers? Eh. And people did the same thing against Boston, against the Bruins. Same thing. Oh, they're gonna tank his confidence. Speaking of tank, tank right behind you on the green screen now. In all seriousness, I've said that about six times today. Archer Silovs again. Another good start. Like, another good start. You haven't really seen a start from Seelovs where you say, oh, he really didn't have it. He's just showing so much promise. And again, I'm very, very, maybe one very, surprised. Single very. Single very. Surprised to see Seelovs having this kind of success. Here's what I, you know what? I'm going to put an end to your arty party, okay? You got to slow down on the Seelovs a little bit. You got to get him back to the A. You want to get them playing consistent games in the AHL. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This stuff here. Listen, people are getting on here. The, you know, everybody's catching a little bit of the Seelovs flu. It's going around. Everybody wants to see him start and start and start and start. And it's like, yeah, it's all good. It's all great. But slow it down a little bit. Okay. With Seelovs here, you got to slow things no. down. You want to get him back in the AHL. You don't want him playing another. I don't want him splitting starts the rest of the year with Demko here. And I know he's probably, listen, he's playing better than Colin Delia. So does he make sense? Sure. Does it help Team Tank? No, he's playing good right now. Get him back in the AHL. Get him with that young group of guys that are developing. They're going to go on a deep, hopefully deep, AHL playoff run. This AHL playoff team is where the development's going to be happening. For the rest of this season, there's more development to be done for every single player. that The Canucks are in that age group of, you know, 18 to 22. All of those guys are going to develop more in the AHL right now. Sea laws included. They're going to have better development if they're in the AHL. 
Sure. Seelovs has got his taste of the NHL and everyone. It, listen, it looks really good. Maybe the, like if you just bottle that up right now, send him back. But Chris, he opens that bottle later. He's like, hey, I've had this water before. I've drank this before. I've had the NHL. He's got a taste now. So he doesn't need much more. What I would say to you is him playing out the rest of the year at the NHL, level, which I don't think should happen. There's no harm in his development is my big point here. It's not going to harm him. It's hey, not going to hurt him. All I'm saying is, are you banking on everything continuing to be positive for him if he keeps playing games? I don't know. I think it's been a very big positive Just right now. against the league's it's best also, team. It's ahead of schedule, okay? He's been ahead of schedule. These NHL games are ahead of schedule. It's all been positive. Bottle it up. Bottle it up. Keep him away from this tanking team that's falling apart, has no centers aside from Elias Patterson. The defense core is being anchored by Noah Juleson and Guillaume Breezeball. He knows what that's like. He's done that in the AHL. I think... Get him back down to the A. Get that, you know, I'm saying bottle it up, man. It's, you know, keep him away from this team. It's going to be, there's going to be, yeah, the games have been solid with him and net. I think there could be a couple of real confidence uh, downers coming up here. It's what Jesse said. Send back on a positive. Confidence downers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, I think Listen, the one every, we can actually the, agree on. The Artie party, because this is what's going on. Think about when you go to a party, right? You party all the time, Quad. You're 20, 22, you're 23 years old. You party all the time. It's all good. Party's all great. What happens the morning after? You didn't eat McDonald's. You didn't have enough Gatorade. You're hungover. Don't give me the sea loss. So don't I let don't the party want... ever stop. Okay. Well, a good point. Or you just start drinking in the morning. But no, with the sea loss, the arty party. your logic so far. You, yeah. you have nothing. No, but the arty party. Hey, just make it a memory. You're right. more, that's what I'm saying. Keep this a good memory for him moving forward. I don't think he needs to stay for that long. Don't fly too close to the sun is what you're trying to say. I think Bingo. the one thing that we can actually agree on, Chris, and again, when you say uh, people need to bump, pump the brakes on the arty party, these people on Twitter that are saying, oh, well, now they can trade Demko because Seelovs is clearly ready. That's where you need to pump the brakes. Pump that's what really needs to happen. And again, I think both of us agree. AHL is probably best for him, especially next year. Get him that year. playoff run, man. Yeah. That's a development. Oh, sure. It's a development hotbed right now. You can have AHL. both. You can have both. But again, Speaking we're not going to keep this up. No, we got a question earlier in the chat. I know you want to get to the the big trades a little. Uh, bit. we're not going to have time. No? We'll do okay. it tomorrow. Uh, Jaron asked earlier about Niels Hugliner if there's any friction between him and the club. Listen, his agent was here. I said it about a month ago. His agent was here to visit. He knows that he has to work on things, but there are some things that I've heard from chatting with him. Okay. He, he was like, when I asked him about building his confidence, that was because that's what Pod Colson needed to do, right? 100% Pod Colson needed to build up his confidence in the AHL. He did that. When I asked Niels Huglander about the same thing, hey, are you building confidence up at the AHL level? He said, no, I've had that confidence since I came down here. Okay. So I don't know what's going on between the organization here. Like, you know, the, he's a name. Well, that, hang on a sec. In the, in I the, understand what's going on. Okay. In, in the organization's defense, it wasn't so much about confidence for Huglander. It was Good about point. X's and O's. Pod Colson had those down pat. Pod Colson, it was about confidence. Huglander, it was about X's and O's, especially in the defensive end. That's what he needs to improve on. It's not his confidence. No, because that's the thing. You're seeing him now in the AHL. Like, I think he has improved his confidence, though. Even though he didn't want to say it, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he has improved his confidence. You know, he was not trying the lacrosse goal. He's done it multiple times now in the AHL. Mm -hmm. He wasn't forechecking as hard as he was in the AHL. He's doing that like crazy. It's good to see. Yeah, it's snowing out there now. Hey, you see that? It's coming down. You don't like it. You want to get out of here. Camera uh, three, Alex. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming down here now. This whole what's this? Uh, these folks over on Daily Hive here saying three hundred thousand uh, inches don't of snow tonight. Don't even get me tonight. started on that. Okay, let's go. I got to get out of here. I then. know you got to get out of here. All right. Well, uh, Canucks tonight. We haven't even mentioned game tonight. Five thirty. Yeah, five thirty puck drop in Dallas. That way, let's go. We'll have a good show tomorrow as well. Uh, talking about the show, but yeah, that's. I just want to say about Neil Suglander a little bit. 
Okay. I just watch what happened. The situation, I think he's, he's fine in the AHL developing. And this whole thing about, you know, you want to keep him down there for the playoff run, two more games, he needs waivers. Just Betway, Betway, Betway. Betway, Betway, Betway. All right, Betway, let's get to uh, our Betway bets of the day. we got a Canucks game tonight. we got the Stars. we got the Canucks. Especially with JT Miller out of the lineup, this one feels like a slam dunk. Elias Patterson over 3.5 total shots on net in this game. Minus 105. A $10 bet's going to return you 19.52. So that's what uh, you can feel on that one. Hey, without JT Miller... Power play puck is going to be on the stick of Patterson for a lot of uh, a lot of power play time here. Uh, so we'll get to so that's what I'm rocking with the over on 3.5 shots on net minus 105 for the bet and then the big one Dallas Stars to win this game over 6.5 total goals and then we're going with the two guys who are scoring a ton this season Jason Robertson and Elias Patterson both to score a goal plus 850 is what you're looking at. Uh, we do have a lot of people asking in the chat here, who's going in for Miller tonight? From what we know, the centers, it sounds like it's going to be Pedersen, Studnika, Amon, Ratu. and Ratu. Those sound like your four centers down the middle. So, hey. Tank, baby, tank. Fire up that video one more time, <laughs> Alex. The tank is on, baby. That's uh, that's what I'm talking about today. Like Jesse really wants to know who's in tonight for Miller. We don't know. Hey, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, we can tell you that. It's going to be somebody. Somebody's going to be in there. 19 plus to play uh, over at Betway. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. We'll wrap it up there. Our thanks once again to Satyar Shaw Sports Sent 650 for joining us again. That brought to you by Zephyr Epic. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Chris Faber and Alex Lard as well. <laughs> it's snowing like crazy, baby. Look at that. Holy cow. Holy cow. It's coming down. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?